So, do you need to say anything to the members of the public to let them know how this is going to be managed? Only could I ask members of the public to make sure they're muted unless they are actually speaking on an item on the agenda. We have got three requests to speak from members of the public tonight uh, that we are aware of. Um, please note that if technology goes wrong at this end, it may be that we have to close the meeting. If technology goes wrong at your end, uh, I won't, the town council will not be able to help you. Um, so at this point, Judith, over to you. Yeah, okay. Um, just making sure that all the members of the public are, are muted. Um, okay, then we'll welcome to, um, I think we're meeting 14 now, of Frodham Town Council. Um, apologies for absence, please. I have none. None, okay. Um, de declarations of interest. Any councillors need to declare any interests? Uh, Bernie? Yeah, Greengate Community Project. So that's Lucy's declaration of interest, Joe, and Bernie. Yes, Greengate Community. Greengate. Anybody else? No, no, Judith. But can I reserve the right if anything comes up? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Right now, we have three members of the public that want to speak. Do we know which order? Sorry, the same for me, Judith. About. Okay. Thank you, Caroline. Thumbs up, please. Okay. So, Joe, do we have an order for the members of the public to speak? Uh, uh, the first two requests was uh, Diane McNamara. Okay. Over to you then, Diane. This is McNamara. Um, if you can unmute yourself and then speak, please. Okay. Good evening, everybody. Um, to start, I'd like to remind Frodham Town Council that in 2008, the Greengates Community Project was formed to help the residents of Waterside Ward have their voices heard, to ensure that their wishes are considered by Frodham Town Council and Cheshire Western Chester. I hate to say that we were rather naive in our thinking that this would happen and that we would be treated fairly and with respect. To ensure the residents' voices are heard, we have been totally honest and open with Frodham Town Council. In September 2019, we provided the council with the results of a waterside ward survey. When this was deemed insufficient by some councillors in 2020, we conducted a petition both the survey and the petition produced the same results. Frodham residents, including Waterside residents, gave a resounding no to the covenant being lifted and houses being built on Greengates Park. In September 19, we gave a presentation detailing the reasons why Greengates Park should remain as a park with the covenant in place to protect it as an area of play for the children of Frodsham. And most recently, we entered into the process of an options appraisal. At the November 2019 Frodsham Town Council meeting, the options appraisal was proposed and voted on 
by Frodgham Town Council as the most unbiased and effective way to explore all options available to the council in relation to the future of Greengates Park. Can I remind Frodgham Town Council that during the November 19 meeting, Greengates Community Project did ask the council if we could go straight to a public consultation. The emphatic answer was no. Frodgham Town Council took the decision to options appraise the future of Greengates Park. They voted on and agreed that the options to be appraised had to be presented to and voted on by the full Town Council. Once Frodgham Town Council had considered the options open to them, then and only then would a consultation take place. And let's not forget that it was Frodgham Town Council who stated that a consultation would be Frodgham wide, would be paid for by Cheshire Western Chester and would take up to six months to provide results. Looking at this meeting's agenda, Frodgham Town Council are now moving the goalposts. In the interests of transparency and fairness, I would like to request that Councillor Dorshan's options now be included in the already agreed and voted on options appraisal process. To even consider his options separately from all the other options would be a clear act of bias by Frodgham Town Council. As agreed by Frodgham Town Council, once all options have been appraised, we can then move forward to the public consultation. Anyone would think that I am stating the obvious. Unfortunately, I don't think that this is the case. After the calling of an extraordinary meeting, which included a Part B agenda, there is an air of distrust amongst Frodgham residents, and I'm putting that politely. There seems to be an overriding sense of urgency surrounding Councillor Dawson's proposal. Please do what is right. Please do not feel pressured into making decisions in haste. And please do not ride roughshod over the wishes of your residents. Our Greengates Community Project voice, which is the voice of the residents, is saying we do not want the covenant removed from the park. Our Greengates Community Project voice, which is the voice of the residents, is saying no to houses being built on this vital, covenanted green space. Please let me reiterate that as per our previous statements, Greengates Community Project is offering to fundraise and work with Frodgham Town Council to achieve a community asset that the whole of Frodgham can be proud of. As far as agenda item 210.1 goes, I would like some sort of information on number one, who is paying for the consultation that's on discussion tonight. Is it coming out of the £10,000 which Frodgham Town Councillors put to one side for Councillor Dawson to use? 
Number two, any consultation sent to Frodsham residents should include the fact that Greengates Park has a covenant on it. A covenant that states that the land will not be used otherwise than as a children's playground. Residents must be made aware that a vote for houses being built on Greengates Park means the removal of the covenant. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mrs McNamara. Can I just clarify one point? When, when you started your um, statement, you, you said the date that the Greengates uh, project was set up. Um, I, I've written, I don't know why I've written down 2008. Did you mean 2018? Sorry, was... I did mean, I'm sorry if I said 2008. I did mean 2018. I, I, I might have misheard it, but I just, you know, for, because it has been recorded, then I just thought I would clarify that. Well, thank you for your comments. Um, okay. So they'll uh, be considered when we get to that agenda item. Thank you. Um, who, who's next, please, Joe? It would be Tierman Flett. Um, however, I note she's not in the meeting, but she did join the meeting late, so I, I can ignore it. I've met her now, if you're happy with that. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, and I, I'm not sure how long that will take, so I don't know whether you want to go in the meantime to Christopher Whitehead. Yeah, okay. And Mr Whitehead, if you're ready to speak. Yeah, good evening everybody. So, I'm a resident of Clifton Crescent and I rent some of the land at the back of our property from Cheshire West and we do that in the form of a garden licence. Um, so we have a small garden and the garden licence just extends our garden and makes it sort of a, a normal kind of size. So this land um, at, that we rent from the council every year um, the initial sort of um, proposal from Weaver Vale Housing Trust shows that um, that land would be then taken into the, the sort of proposal, um, the preliminary proposal. Um, I just want to make you all aware that sort of we've sort of developed our gardens, constructed and built them and landscaped them and, and spent a considerable amount of time with that. And I just want to ask, has there been any consideration for us residents on Clifton Crescent? Because there's more than one of us that actually that take that land. Um, and up to this point, you, uh, to start with, are you aware of it? And secondly, has there been any consideration? Yes, we, we are aware of it. Um, we appreciate that strip of land. It is not ours. It does belong to Cheshire West and Chester. And uh, if this development did go ahead, we have Vale Housing Trust would have separate negotiations with Cheshire West and Chester. Uh, that, that plan that you have seen is just an artist's impression that we've availed it a couple of years ago. It's certainly not a, a done deal plan-wise. Um, and I think they've also taken into that plan a couple of little um, parcels of land that they already own. But it's certainly, it wouldn't ever be part of any negotiations that we have with Weaver Vale Housing Trust. We're only talking about the land that FTC owns. So would we confirm at this stage that that land then would be maintained or is that too early to make that, con that conclusion? It's, we, we, we can't really comment on that. It, it's up to Cheshire West and Chester um, what they decide to do. Ah, brilliant. So that's, that, that clears that up for me. Thank you. Okay. Right, then we um, it's now um, Tim and Flett to speak, please. 
Hello. Um, so this is my first time speaking today, so I just have to bear with me for a sec. Um, I'd just like to state in regards to the land swap that as a resident of Clifton Crescent, I really strongly object to it. All councillors were forwarded an email stating my full concerns, but I would, however, like to reiterate a few points as to why the land swap itself would have a negative effect on the local population. Um, a few of my reasons are um, that there isn't really space to accommodate more houses on either site. There may be land, but that doesn't necessarily equal space for housing. We already are overcrowded um, and we don't really have any Fragilent Town Council funded facilities on our ward. Um, traffic, living on Clifton Crescent, I can tell you for a fact that there are already serious problems. Cars lie on both sides of the road. Regular access to this area for another 13 houses would be a minimum of 26 cars and just isn't feasible. Um, I pay my council tax and I, I pay my precepts and I would like to see that reflected via investment in my ward. Over the last 10 years, I've just witnessed more and more resources being taken away. Uh, the play area on Greengate's been one of them. Uh, we've had reductions in the children's centre, Meadow Courts now going, and I'm yet to see any investment from the town council. Um, for a ward that had multiple play areas, for it to be reduced to one inadequate one at Saltworks isn't really good enough. It's definitely not good enough for my son. We've had to fight for land that is ours, and I don't understand why we've had to do that. Land that we pay to maintain via our taxes. Why do the lakes, Castle Park and Overton wards get investment into play equipment from the town council and Waterside don't? Why are we deprived and why do our taxes have to go to other wards? It's outrageous that there's even talk of selling this land and outrageous that you've allowed plans to be drawn up no matter how long ago to build on the land. And most outrageous of all, that everybody thinks that we will just sit down and let this happen without fighting. It's a definite no to a land swap and no to more houses. And let's not forget that most importantly of all, a land swap would involve the removal of the covenant. Um, and if they can do that to our space and our ward, then for everybody else listening, it means it can be done near you too, in your ward. Covenants are put in place to protect the land for exactly that reason. And it's not okay for that to be removed. Um, and I ask for all of my ward councillors to listen to me because I'm not just speaking for myself. I'm speaking for my friends and my neighbours who I speak to about this regularly. I would like to see investment into Waterside Ward from Frodsham Town Council supporting the Green Gates Community Project objectives. And I ask for you all to work with them to design a space that we can all enjoy. So thank you for allowing my, my time to speak. Okay, thank you, Chairman. Um, you, everybody's comments are noted and you know we'll take them into account when we get to that agenda item. Um, Joe, can you just check the waiting room? Councillor Donna Critchley is waiting to join Ah, room. okay, yep. Okay. Admitting now. Right, so have we had all of our public speakers now? Yes. Okay, so we'll with we'll, uh, we'll um, move on then to agenda item two oh eight. Um, 
Can we just ask members of the public to mute themselves now, please? Welcome to the meeting, Donna. We just, we've just finished public speaking time and we're going on to agenda item 208. And um, this is to, to sign off the annual governance and accountability return. Councillor Dawson wants to speak. Thank you, Judith. Um, I just want to make the point that item 212 on charities and this item are linked. Um, the town clerk and I have spoken earlier on today and hopefully I have a, a solution to one of the problems that has arisen. Within the governance statement, one of the matters that we have to certify that we have complied with is that we have met our obligations with regard to our charity trustee. Now, just to take one example, the trust deed that regulates the Friends of Hobhay Wood charity requires that the charity hold two ordinary meetings in the year. And I'm not aware that it has done so. I'm also not aware that the, the town councillor's trustee has considered the bank accounts for either the Recreation Grounds charity or the Friends of Hobhay Wood. And as such, if we sign off the governance uh, statement tonight without planning to deal with these issues, uh, we wouldn't actually be telling the truth. So my proposal to deal with that issue is that the resolution we look to pass tonight regarding the governance statement is that we authorise the town clerk to sign that statement once the trustee has met for each of these charities, approved their accounts and held the two ordinary meetings that are required. Um, I can deal with this at more length at item 212, but obviously the, the governance and accountability return is item 208 on the agenda um, and it's, it's important to see it but I think the, the practical way that the town clerk and I uh, reached this afternoon subject to you were breaking up then could you repeat that last bit sure that we, that we look to approve the governance statement tonight subject to the Recreation Grounds Charity and the Friends of Hobbay Wood Charity having two ordinary meetings and at least within one of those meetings, in each case, approving their accounts. I don't believe that that would work because we haven't had those meetings within the financial year that they relate to. Caroline. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I read the paper that came through with the... Um, agenda and um, I believe that there aren't enough trustees for the Hob Haywood friends. Um, how would we go about appointing because the only trustee at the moment is Frodsham Town Council so does that mean we've got to appoint new trustees? I, I think that um, we've got problems because we haven't got a, a clear up-to-date picture of these trusts and it does need some extra work. We've had some papers that have been circulated, but it's by no means clear. So I don't think there's any point into rushing into any trustee meetings, any kind of meetings, just to uh, sign off any accounts, because we don't know the, the true situation of the accounts. I suggest that we just, um, I don't know whether, we, we have managed all of the land, or all of our land assets have been properly managed and maintained through our committees, full council and the service level agreements. 
So I don't have any qualms at all about the way we've looked after our land assets. I'm content just to sign this off. We can add a note if you want to about uh, the trust needing to be reviewed. Um, but other than that, um, Mally, you want to speak? Uh, can you unmute yourself, please, Mally? That better? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I can never remember. Probably Councillor Pennington or Councillor Ashton will help me out. But since 2015, we've never, ever gone down this route before. These charities have only been mentioned on the periphery. Um, I'm going back to Hazel Cat, John Wilde. And I've never known, and I've been to the meetings that uh, we've signed them off. So I think your proposal... Um, so that we get the agar, the agar done and then we look into in more depth into these charities because obviously they're creating a problem now where they've never done before. Andrew. Thank you. It's not, it's not as simple as that. Um, my problem is um, I cannot support the circulated that Sorry, he says you have to start again you were breaking up i cannot support the signing of the agar unless it includes the provision for us to hold two meetings i take your point judith that these are meetings taking could take place in august not early enough but i'd rather try and put things right than sign an agar that's incorrect because the agar requires us to certify that we've complied with our trustee obligations our trustee obligations, including having two ordinary meetings. We haven't done that. And therefore, if we do sign it off and say that, we, that we've met our trustee obligations, we're actually not telling the truth. And for me, it's as simple as that. Fortunately, the Hobhay Wood deed allows us to change the terms. And one of the things I will be suggesting at item 212 is that we look to consider altering the trust deed so that FTC is the sole trustee. Uh, and that would get us over that particular issue, but it would also give us the opportunity uh, to update uh, these provisions that, that, that regulate the Friends of Hob Haywood uh, charity and, and actually start to make proper use of it. Um, and if unfortunately the town council has been signing off um, accountants and government statements that aren't correct in the past, it doesn't mean I'm going to support them signing them off now. Caroline. Um, I wouldn't be comfortable signing off something that is not legal. What has happened previously is this has been too difficult to handle um, and has been put in the bottom of the in-tray. Um, because when we set up the um, Friends of Hob Haywood, we knew it was an issue. That is why we set it up in a different name, um, because we didn't know what to do. Hazel Cat did do some work, but it it all just petered out and we had no, it never had any conclusion on these. Now, all we're doing is running away from what we've been running away from, from the last, well, 2005, when I enjoy, joined the Environment Committee. So I, I really do think we, the time has come where we've got to make sure we are correct in what we are doing because we are breaking the law. Um, and also, for, in defence of the guys now who are doing, um, looking after Hob Haywood, 
they could do with the extra 1600 quid if we can have that um because that money has been the, the number of years we've been trying to release that money and as i say it was just too hard to, to handle too hard to work out and now we've got a solution so let's take take the bull by the horns and let's sort it well right now what we can do on the agar is we tick the no box and we add a note to it saying that we're going to review we can say all of our land assets have been properly managed and maintained but it's purely the administration the, the you know the technicalities of the trust uh, we are not sure that we've got that right we can say we've not got it right and we are going to review it in this financial year but meetings after the end of the last financial year are not going to solve anything we don't need to rush into this and try and have two meetings by the end of august it's got to be properly researched the the old trust we don't even know how many pieces of land are in it so I'm, i don't want us to rush into anything and get the agar wrong i think we're safer to put the tick in the no box but with a qualifying statement say that, that the assets have been properly managed and maintained through the various committees and service level agreements but the um, the actual administration of the trust is not clear and we are going to review that in this financial year that's much my proposal that we sign it off with the no box ticked and within the company note. Is there a seconder for that proposal? Donna, Donna seconded it. Yeah. So can we move to a vote? Uh, uh, before we do, I just ask what Andrew's opinion is on that because he's got quite a lot of legal knowledge. Well, I, well we've already had Andrew's opinion. And um, this is, you're talking about, the you're talking. we're just talking uh, signing off the annual governance and accountability return, which has to be done by the end of this month. So it's pure, this is purely a financial... Yes, I understand that. But just let Andrew make a small comment. Andrew, Andrew's talked about it. He said what he has to say. I don't, can't say that he's going to change his mind on anything. So can we move to a vote, please? We've got a vote for a proposer and a seconder. So, Caroline, are you voting or do you want to speak? No, I, I, I would just like to have Andrew's opinion on what you're suggesting, because I feel very, very uncomfortable with this. Well, we're not, we're not telling any lies. If we tick the no box on the agar, then we're saying that, no, we haven't administered the trusts properly, but we're qualifying it by saying that the land assets covered by the trusts have been properly managed and maintained and the bank account stayed dormant. We've not used any of the money from the trust. Judith, and Judith could, I, could I just make a, a comment here? As part of the internal and external audit, the accounts will be audited. They'll be fully audited. Unlike you say, there's been no movement in or out. Yeah. So we've, we've done, as far as the, the land assets are concerned, we've done nothing wrong. Um, Andrew wants to speak and then Caroline. Um, we have to consider the other pages of the, the AGAR because it's the earlier pages, the ones that have, weren't circulated, that relate specifically to the obligations as trustee. I have no issue if that box is the one that says we have not complied with our obligation as trustee. I think that would be fair and accurate. I would support a detailed note going alongside it, which actually describes 
what has happened and what has potentially gone wrong, but crucially, our intention to put matters right. So I think that's it's not it's one thing to have identified a problem. What people are looking for is that we're set on a solution. Uh, yeah. And I have no issue with saying that further work, further research is to be done. I do think it's urgent. I think it's important that we put our house in order as soon as possible. And I see no reason why we don't hold a meeting. So that's not going to hold up the agar. But providing we're prepared to certify that we have got it wrong, then I can support that. And I suggest we have a named vote in relation to this, please. Okay. So we've, uh, we've got a proposal and seconder. Can we move to a vote then? All those in favour of signing it off with the no box ticked and the supporting document? Judith, can I, oh, sorry, just let me unmute. Can I just ask that um, each councillor states their name before their vote so that I can record okay. the meeting to look around Can we go to the Castle Park um, councillors first? Uh, Phil, I support it, yeah. Okay, well, can we go to the three councillors in Castle Park? Um, oh, sorry. Um, I thought you meant the ward. Yeah, sorry, no. Um, so we've got Mark, Pat and Frank in Castle Park House. Uh, are you, all three of you, in support of the proposal to... You're going to need to unmute them, Joe, so they can speak. Actually, I, I, I don't... I can't unmute... Can you hear me? I can't unmute them without running downstairs. Bear with me. Okay. Well, they just raised their hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Frank, are you in favour of the... Frank, yeah, okay, we've got all three. That's Councillor Pennington, Councillor Neild and Councillor Williamson all voting for the proposal. So we're going to have to wait for Jo to come back now so she can... There we go. No, now I'm muted, but wait for them to get back so I can record it. Okay. They, they have all put their hands up, Joe. so all three of them are supporting the proposal. Okay, so Bernie, how do you vote for... Four. Bill, how are you voting? Four. Ryan? I'm for it, Joe. Okay, Andrew? Four. Take a step back, I was running up the stairs, so I haven't heard any of that. Well, okay, so far we've got we've got Frank, Pat, and Mark have voted for it. Bernie has, Bill Stockton has, Ryan has, um, Lucy. I've got a lot of stuff on that very wood, you know. Lucy, uh, I'm, I'm just going to abstain on that one. Okay, Helen. Four. Four. Caroline. Four. Um, Phil. Four. Mally. Four. Donna. Four. And I'm for it. So that, well, that's all of us voted. That's unanimous then. Yeah, okay. Judith, we, we can hear everybody in Castle Park. I mean, just make them aware that we can hear them. Okay. Um, if I unmute them now, it means that the next time they want to speak, I've got to run up and downstairs again. So if I just ask uh, the folk in Castle Park House to, um, so, you can unless you're taking part. Yeah, okay then. So we move on then to agenda item 208, where are we? 208.2, to consider appointments to committees. Now we, this is just if any of the new councillors or existing councillors want to join any of the committees 
or to remove themselves from any committees. Um, so we start with can we start with Ryan because you're our newest councillor. Um, I think you did let Joe know which committees you were interested in. Yeah, uh, thanks, Judith. I was interested in planning, events, and PPNR, please. Yeah. So, is everybody happy for Ryan to join those committees? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Caroline. Yeah, I'd like to, to join PPNR, staffing, and events, please. Okay. Everybody happy with that? Yes, Judith, we don't actually have a staffing committee. True. Um, I think that I, I suggest the staffing committee is something that we review again under PPNR because, um, you know, things have moved on and uh, the staff <laughs> handbook doesn't align with our um, standing orders on dealing with staffing matters. So, can we leave that? Can you wait on that one, Caroline, until? Uh, we've had PPNR next week because we've got the policies to be reviewed on that agenda. Okay, so does that mean I can't join on Monday? Um, you can join PPNR on Monday. Um, it's it's we don't have a staffing committee. We have a staffing subcommittee that sits under PPNR. So basically, it's down to PPNR to decide who would be on their one of their subcommittees. But, but there's not a staffing committee before then, is there? No. Yeah. So we, uh, I bet you, if you come to PPNR on Monday, we can look at how we actually uh, bring the staffing subcommittee and standing orders into line, and, and the staff handbook. Okay. Okay. Can I just can I just check there? What other committee was it, Caroline? Um, I'm on amenities. I'm on. It was events, wasn't it? You wanted to join. Sorry, events. And PPNR. Events, thank you. Donna, do you want to change your committees? You need to unmute yourself. Oh, can't hear you. <laughs> that any better? That's it. Can you hear me now? Yeah. I, um, I was just going to mention the staff one that it was like a subcommittee, so. That'll be covered on Monday, so there's, no, there's nothing else. Yeah, okay. Anybody at Mali, you, you're happy with your committees? Yes, thank you. Bill, you happy with your committees? Yes, I'm happy. Right. Um, now... Just... Sorry. Sorry, Jesus. Can I just say, I have had my hand up on the dot that you can see. Sorry, yeah. Okay, oh, so... Uh, the, our three councillors are in Castle Park House. Um, Pat, you want to change your committees? Well, I know I'm on the events and the cemetery committee and maintenances. Um, but what I would like to suggest is could we have them at night rather than in the daytime? Because I know I've missed a few when it's been inconvenient in the day. Yeah, um, we, we don't have a separate cemetery committee now. That's been rolled into the PP&R committee and they're generally held at night. And the next one is on Monday at 7 o'clock. Right, what about the events committee? Events, well, I think while we're doing Zoom meetings, it's, it's easier for people to, to join at night anyway. 
Um, I don't I don't know when our next events committee is. Um, September. Yeah, but not an awful lot happening on the events at the moment. So, yeah, okay. Um, can we just check with Frank and Mark? Do they want to change any of their committees, or are they happy where they are? Um, yes, I'm happy where I am. I'm happy where I am at the minute. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Lovely. Have, a, have I got everybody then? Lucy, you happy with your committees? Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. Helen. Yes, happy. Thank you. Okay. Andrew. Fine, thanks. Okay. So you've got notes of all of those, Joe? I have, yes, thank you. Good. Um, moving on to the next item, Frodham Community Association and Youth Association lease. Um, Andrew, you were talking to them some time ago about potential changes to the lease. Are there any further on with it? Yes, I, I was talking to them some time ago. I also spoke to them immediately prior to the meeting we were going to have last week that's been postponed until today. Um, I'm pleased to say that the meeting was very cordial. Um, whilst there are still points of disagreement between the Community Association and the Youth uh, Association, um, they are closer than they've ever been coming together. There's an acceptance from Youth Association that it needs to make a contribution towards things like the building insurance. Their concern is they feel they don't have sufficient security to occupy uh, their building. The terms of the Community Association lease, which is granted by the Town Council to the Community Association, requires them to have some form of youth club or youth association. It doesn't necessarily have to be the one that they have, but they have to have some provision. So there's a need for a proper collaboration between the two. So they are closer together. They're not finally uh, resolved uh, as yet, but that was, it, it is helpful. And I say there is a positive dialogue, but just to sort of throw in there, as part of the discussion, I asked them whether they would be interested in coming together and joining with Frodham Town Council and others in the creation of better community facilities in the Waterside Ward. And they both unhesitatingly said that they would. Uh, the Youth Association in particular made the point, and it's a point that we all would know and accept, that many of their, the youngsters do come from the Waterside Ward, and in many ways it would be more sensible for them to have provision in the Waterside Ward uh, going forward. And of course the Community Association itself is very conscious of the age and the maintenance obligations that it is having. So, I mean, this is no more than a uh, finger in the air going, yes, like the idea in theory, there's no consultation as such, it's just merely placing the idea but I was delighted to say that both groups would be very happy to join in a broader discussion of seeing how we can improve facilities in particular at Waterside Ward for the benefit of everybody, but in particular of our youngsters. Donna, you wanted to speak. I just want to say that um, I think it's important that some of the young people on the living the Waterside Ward actually... Uh, Sorry, we've lost you, Donna. The sound's gone. Uh, can't hear you. <laughs> no. Oh, we'll see you then. Try again. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. 
I think it's important that the young people that live on Waterside get the opportunity to, to, to use facilities outside of their own neighbourhood. And I think that would, everything being confined to, to Waterside is a bit, it narrows their, their um, experience. Okay. Anybody else, Malay? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I've only got one worry, but um, I'm looking at the size of the community centre in Fluin Lane, and I'm looking at the size of the youth club, and I don't think it could fit on any of the pieces of land. And I'm sure that both of those associations don't want to downsize. I don't know what anybody else feels, but I'm quite prepared um, to just go it as we're going. We're, we're muddying the waters with even bigger things now, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Bernie? Yeah, we seem to be going off the subject here. I think we were supposed to be talking about the lease. We've, we've skipped on to um, youth clubs and, and community associations on Waterside. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I must admit, I'm a bit concerned that, Andrew, that you've even had this conversation with those two associations without first discussing it with Frodham Town Council. I don't think I could support the, the uh, transfer of the community association and the youth club down into Waterside Ward. I just, uh, as Mally said, we haven't got a piece of land big enough to, to recreate something like they've already got. And why would we want to? And we've got perfectly good uh, facilities on Fluin Lane. It's far more central to the town, uh, the whole of the community. Exactly. Yeah. Did the, one of our Castle Park ward councillors want to speak? No, Castle Park councillors. I fully agree with what you just said and with what Molly's just said. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we, so, well, as far as the lease goes then, Andrew, they're still discussing it, but they're moving closer. So we just look for an update next time round. Uh, absolutely, Judith. Uh, can I just make the point, uh, whilst you're entitled to your view and you may disagree with what I've done, it would be somewhat strange if I'd had conversations with two of the most important groups in Frodsham and I failed to mention uh, the idea that might be going out to public consultation. Um, and, you know, they would be somewhat surprised if I hadn't mentioned it. So I appreciate you disagree with it. I disagree with the view that you've expressed, but that's where we are. OK. OK, Donna. Can't hear you again. No. Now? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a big difference between the community centre and the successful community centre and youth club that we that was in there for 50 years than a modest um, community hub. Yeah. On Waterside, there's a big difference. I mean. Okay. Concerts and events that go on in waters in, in the community centre would never ever fit into the modest hub that we were that the ideas that we were bandying around a few weeks ago. Right. Anybody else want to speak? Um, yeah, I, I would just want to ex express a concern about the size of the land and. I don't think you'd be able to recreate those facilities on those sizes of land yeah, that are I agree. in water. Bernie. Have we gone on to item 210 now? 
I'm a bit I'm a bit confused here. Yeah. Well, I suppose we, we should draw because it's as far as the lease goes, we are just waiting for a, another update when they've decided what they want to do um, and whether we can accommodate them as far as um, a new lease or an amendment to the lease. So we shall move on to 210 now, Chip Street and Meadow Court. Right, thank you. Um, and it's about the, the public consultation. Now, my understanding here is that what we agreed to at the last, last time we talked about it um, was that we would enter negotiations mm -hmm. with Vale Housing Trust and they wanted to know what the community support would be like for as we were led to believe at that time, a sort of modest community hub and play area and council offices on the Meadow Court site. Um, but, it, you know, we have been sidetracked now by this um, suggestion that Councillor Dawson has put to the Community Association, Youth Association. So, I don't know. I mean, uh, with this thing, Hank, we, we need to decide do we want to change what we agreed that we're going to we're going to consult about? Um, because as far as I'm concerned, I'm only interested in um, if it happens at all, a modest community hub primarily for Waterside Ward, and you know, incorporating a play area and uh, modest council offices for Joe and Liz to work in. Chair. Yeah. Chair, I think. I've had a really hard think about this because I've been on both sides of the fences here. I think that it would be sensible for the Green Gates people and sensible for Frodsham Town Council just to go to the options appraisal and see where we go from there. The, the problem with that, though, was meeting the timescales that Weaver Vale Housing Trust um, set for us. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure that... Um, with what is being sounded out that I would like to see on the Medicourt site. So I'm saying that I would be quite prepared to say to Weaver Vale that decisions have been made and we're no longer interested and we'll go to our own options appraisal and make the choice for Green Gates Park for ourselves. Brian. Could you just give us a reminder on what those timescales were, Judith, please? I think they wanted to know by the end of August. Was it? Oh, Joe. Yes, it was the end. It was the end of August because they've got that very small window of opportunity to apply for housing funding. Okay, um, Bernie, you wanted to speak. Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with Councillor Paulson. I think that we're being rushed here. We're being rushed into something, and I know it's a, t a tight window. I can understand that. But it's too big a decision to be rushed into. Right, Andrew. Thank you. Um, I don't agree that the idea that all we're looking for is something modest. We're looking for something that is going to be transformational for Frodsham as a whole and for Waterside Ward in particular. We're not just looking for town council offices. If it was just town council offices, for example, or that was the dominant purpose, I couldn't support it. What I'm looking for is facilities that will enhance the lives of people of Frodsham and in particular of Waterside Ward, somewhere, I think mean, Bernie had the excellent suggestion, somewhere where medical services could be 
provided. I'd love to see debt counselling advice, citizens advice bureau advice there. Uh, it wasn't me that said the Youth Association needs to go there. It was Eve herself who thought, what a wonderful idea. We do need to be focused as a youth uh, association down in Waterside Ward because that's where most of the people are. And I agree with Donna. Of course, these uh, children need experience as well outside their own ward. But, but the big problem in Waterside primarily is the lack of key or community facilities. I would love to see the ability to put on lunches for people, to have a bar for social events in the evening, for sport to be played there. But the crucial point behind all of this is if we're going to be ambitious and to bring resources, we have to consider how they're going to be funded. And if we're going to consider how they're going to be funded, the more people that we can bring to the party, the more parties that are involved, the cheaper it is for each of the organizations that is involved and the easier it is for us to bring in something that's transformational. Now, if, for example, we say to Weaver Vale, we're not interested in uh, the Meadow Court site, we know that that's likely to produce 13 houses on that particular site. And I agree with Chairman's uh, comment earlier on that that's not a good site for having more houses and more cars. And we know we're very close to an air quality management area in this particular location. There are other issues as well. But if we lose Weaver Vale as a partner, we potentially lose maybe a third of the funding that might otherwise be available. So it, all of this, if it's going to work, is going to require compromise and collaboration across the board. We shouldn't throw people out. We should be bringing people in to help us and to join us. And I make no bones about the fact I want the best facility, the most interventional facility that we can provide because this is about improving people's lives. I want to see this as the biggest public sector investment in Frogsham bar none, and I want to see it going into Waterside Ward. Okay, Andrew, I've got lots of councillors. Caroline, then Bernie, then Donna, then Ryan. Thank you, Judith. Um, I think I would like to see two phases. Phase one being what is on the table, because what I do not want to do is lose this opportunity with Weaver Vale Housing Trust. Um, I also want investment to go into Waterside. I want Waterside to have facilities. The A56, we're always accused that the A56 cuts Frodsham in half. What I perhaps would like to see, I don't want a new community centre, I see perhaps additional facilities that would be in a community centre. I would like to see the community centre retained because things like Weaver Words, we have big um, um, activities at the community centre, which I don't think, but until we look at how much land we've got, um, we don't know, but... The community centre has virtually been rebuilt because of all the, the storms we had. We've got a fantastic facility there um, and it's used by an awful lot of our Frodsham players, the Zodiacs, um, and there are activities there daily. Um, so I don't think, I think what we're looking at is, an, if you like, an annex, for want of a better word, of a community centre in Waterside Ward. Plus the Youth Association, it will be an annex. We're not getting rid of the community centre and the youth, the, the youth club. We're, we're, we're wanting facilities that will be 
in the new hub that could be used for the same type of thing. It's a bit like the Brindley, where you have the main Brindley theatre and you have a smaller theatre at the Brindley that you can go and see smaller productions. In. And it's that kind of thing. I, am I wrong? Is this the kind of thing we're looking at in a hub? Because the main thrust of the hub is to bring the community together. So what, plus to have our council offices there so we can be part of that community. And as Andrew says, yeah, wouldn't it be lovely to be, do, be able to do the Opal lunches that at the moment are up at Overton and bring those down into Waterside so that you can have a facility like they've got at the Methodist Church at Five Crosses. And that's where I think we've got, I think we've got phase one, which is building this hub. Phase two being, let's look at how the extra facilities we can put in, like some sort of community facility, with a with a stage like Kingsley Kingsley Community Centre you know they do wonderful productions there um so there are there's still lots of ideas going on in my head but primarily I think we've got to do something because we'll lose an opportunity okay Bernie can I just ask have have any of you actually been down and seen how large this piece of land is You'd seem to have got a lot of grand ideas for a very small piece of land. And also, when the Greengates community put forward their plans or our plans for the playground, we did actually include a community hub, a small community hub, on the Greengate site. I, I, I can't understand where this grandier hub's going to be put. The land's not there. Um, okay, um... Donna, then Ryan. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with, with a lot of, of what Caroline has said. Um, there's problem. there's issues parking now. If, if, it's, if it becomes, if we build houses, there's issues with access and parking. Um, if we have a community centre there, there isn't a space for a community centre. It, it would be a hub. It would be a satellite of the community centre and the youth club. And I'm sure that, and I know the youth, youth workers would be more than happy to come down and do outreach work there and have luncheon clubs, etc. Um, and if, the, if miraculously there was this super amazing new community centre built there, what happens to the land in Fluin Lane? What happens to that building that's been looked after for the past 50 years? Exactly. Would it become dormant? What do you want to do with that land? Sell it. That, that, yeah, that's one of the my questions. Ryan. I think um, when we spoke last week informally, a few of us, um, we spoke about how we hadn't really got community trust or we hadn't endeared ourselves to a lot of the key stakeholders in this. And I, I think I agree with Mally that the, the time is right now to to quickly move and to try and work with the Green Gates project quickly to, to see what these, these proposals are to, to build the trust and but also to make sure we don't miss the boat on this end of August deadline to see, as Andrew said, that we still want to get the maximum funding that we can from the, all, everybody involved really. Uh, I just think we need to, we need to move quickly to, to work with everybody and be very inclusive here. Lucy. Yeah, so the end of August is in a week and a half. So far, the council has had 
many, 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 many responses against this proposal. If you are to be wording a consultation, how, how do you actually propose that that is going to be sent out and people given an adequate time to respond to it before the end of August? Well, we, we can't meet that end of August deadline, but um, I think there's still scope to, uh, you know, we've got to show Weaverville that we are attempting to do this public consultation across the whole town. Um, and Joe but has done some work on how we would do it. So far, it's been a pretty resounding no. And at the end of August, Weaverville Housing Trust are out because they, they need to apply for their funding. Yeah, no, so, I don't think we can say it's been a resounding no. It, it has for your public, your consultation that you did, but this consultation is on something quite different. And it hasn't gone to... emails from the public. I'd, I'd just like to know when are the council actually going to listen to what people want? When are we actually going to start listening? How, how many emails was it, Joe, that we received against this? Off the top of my head, I, I can't remember, was it 18? I think 18 springs to mind. Yeah, that's not very many out of a population of 9,000, is it? Certainly 4,000. No, but complaints, everyone's going to send a complaint, aren't they? That's quite a lot of Bernie, let Lucy finish, please. Carry on, Lucy. But how many complaints do we receive in an annual year about anything at all? You know, it's, it is actually quite high. You say it's nothing because it's only 18 people, but it only took a, a petition of eight people to get that park closed in the first place. No, so no, why is it all right to close it on a petition of eight people and not listen to 18? No. Sorry, Lucy, that was just one document out of a lot of meetings and consultations. I, I accept it was only eight residents that wrote in, um, but that was all part of a, a, a major consultation. Uh, Bernie and then Donna, then Ryan. Yeah, I'd, I'd just like to say that um, Greengates have put a lot of work into the design of a, of a hub and a playground on Greengates. And, and it seems an ideal opportunity to, for everyone to have a look at those plans because we all seem to be singing from the same hymn sheet. We're just not singing about the same piece of land. Greengates is a far better place to have a hub situated. I would love to have one down there. I've just been made redundant from Meadow Court and I've seen the devastation of the people that aren't able to go to daycare and luncheon clubs. I would love to have it down there but I certainly think Greengates is the ideal place. Right, Donna and it was Ryan I think wasn't it? Donna then Ryan. I'm just going to say that 18, 20 emails um, and there were objections, there weren't complaints, there were objections. And I know that's splitting hairs, but it's not an object. When I object to something, it's not a complaint. I'm not going to like demand or stand outside the placards. They were objections, they raised issues. And it's 18 people out of approximately 4,000 4, or more to side and within the town itself, over, just over 9,000. Mm. And I think it's important that, that we don't lose momentum that we do have the opportunity to get more funding, but we've all got to work together. And ideas from each one of us and each group 
could work if, if we if we work together and some trust is formed. Ryan, then Andrew. Um, the, the town clerk said earlier today we had some members of the public joining us this evening and councillor Lynn Riley, who I think has been quite instrumental in this with, along with Andrew. Is it is it possible we can hear from Lynn because she she is keen to speak and no, no she didn't she, have to speak in public speaking time so. Uh, if Mr. on that. 22 members of the well, 20. Andrew. Thank you. Uh, unfortunately, there's been quite a bit of misinformation that's been spread about the different proposals, and I don't think that's been unduly helpful. Uh, I think it's important that I say publicly and clearly, I want the best community facilities for Waterside Ward. I am agnostic. I don't mind where they are located. What I am very conscious of is the need to have as many partners as possible to pay for them. And what I don't want to happen, unless it, if there's no other alternative, is that we lose Weaver Vale as a partner. Weaver Vale Housing Trust is, does have some, does accept that it hasn't invested sufficiently in community facilities in Frodsham. And the key thing for me is making sure that we don't lose their recognition that they haven't done what they could have done in Frodsham as they have done in other uh, communities or facilities. And I'm, what I'm trying to get to a situation is where we have Cheshire West, we have FTC, we have Weaver Vale. If all three of them put in equal contributions, we could easily create a lovely facility of appropriate size, scale, massing and everything else. To me, that's the big prize. Now, Inevitably, there are other issues that will come alongside this. And we've got to balance traffic, we've got to balance the needs of new housing and where new housing is going to go. We can't please absolutely everybody about absolutely everything, but it is essential that we try our best to make sure we get as close to a consensus as we reasonably can do. And what I do ask for, and it's not just the people, the town council, it's, it's the wider public, is they treat everybody with respect. You know, I am trying, desperately to bring the most transformational investment into Frodgham that Frodgham has ever seen and I'm trying to bring it to Waterside Ward. Please help do that. Try Bernie. not to stand in its way. Bernie. I think we've got Weaver Vale Housing Trust on the hop at the moment because their reputation in Weaverside Ward is absolutely second to none really because of the closure of Medicourt. And I think they would, if they've got any sense, want to help us out to to build a hub whether it's on that land or whether it's on green gates I, I i don't think it would matter at this moment because they've got to try and build their reputation up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. what about to uh, ryan there you've missed him five times i did right i did say ryan was to speak after the last speaker, then Mally. It's been three weeks now since this was raised in part B. Can we just get something sorted tonight and just let's agree what we're going to do? Because we, we keep saying we're working to tight deadlines and we've missed, we've used up three weeks of this tight deadline now and we're still not any further on. So let's resolve to do something tonight. Okay. Um, Mally. I think Councillor Wade and Councillor Sumner will remember when we first sat in Castle Park House talking about um, what we could do with Green Gates. 
and I then come up with the solution of having a building on Green Gates, having a hub on the park. My problem is, is if you're going to take away from Green Gates the um, hub and the park, the play area, which in my opinion was what you've all been fighting for, it's the children's play area. If you put a community centre and a hub, where are you going to put the play area at Medicourt? That was that was going to be part of it. The small office, the council, a multi-use room, and a play area. I don't think you'll have a the size play area that they deserve. That was quite, quite a big footprint. We, I mean, there's so many flats in there. We're not talking about. Well, I certainly wasn't talking about a massive community room. And one big enough to hold council meetings, social events, the lunch club. Uh, certainly don't want a building with a bar. We don't want to have licensing issues. Um, Judith, Judith, can I just draw your attention that uh, I think Councillor Neil wishes to speak. Sorry, sorry, Mark. No uh, As the member of public who spoke early on, Diane. Yeah. They've done a lot of work on the options appraisal, the green gates. So you can't. Ignore that. The options appraisal has got to go out. But like Caroline said, you don't want to lose this opportunity. So can't it go out alongside it so that you've got both of them going out there to the to fraudulent people? You can't ignore the options appraisal. There's been too much work gone into it. I don't think there was ever any intention to ignore the options appraisal. That needs more work because we've not done any serious costings on it. Um, the it's. To my mind, it was going to be two separate things. The first one is just to find out whether there's any community support for this um, for negotiations with Weaver Vale Housing Trust. We're not committed to anything at all with Weaver Vale Housing Trust. We're only looking at going into negotiations with them and you know see if we can get a deal that is really good for Frontier. I mean, if Weaver Vale are not prepared to um, come up with a good deal, then it's dead in the water anyway. So that was the, it was a straightforward, simple yes or no consultation to see if there is support. Um, Caroline. I don't know whether you, you should all be able to see, there are some chats going on as well. So we've, we've also got some um, chats and Lynn Riley is desperate to actually speak. Um, she was down last week. Um, it hasn't quite evidently been carried forward. And I would like to hear what Councillor Riley has to say, um, because they are our borough councillors and they are the ones that are behind this and bringing the money into Frodsham. Yeah. Uh, we, we, must take, we must take our blinkers off. The yeah. blinkers have got to come off. We've got to look. And can I just correct somebody who said something about the £10,000 was for Andrew Dawson? It is not for Andrew Dawson. It is for us to employ professional people, professional architects who can assist <laughs> us with what can go on the piece of land that Meadow Court yeah. currently stands on. Because once that is demolished, it will be a big piece of land. Once you see buildings knocked down, it's amazing. You go, oh my goodness, I didn't realise it was that big. I know Lucy's done some work and she's done it on, um, you know, the, the size of the piece of land. But until you get civil engineers, well, well, not um, civil engineers, but um, architects and their associated people in, we just don't know what is possible. Bernie. Could I just clarify? Um, 
if it goes to consultation and you decide, yes, there, there is an opportunity for a land swap and that's what people want, is that then added to the options appraisal? And then we go through the options appraisal as we agreed to? Until we know whether we've got a deal with Meadow Court, where we've availed for a land swap, a land swap plus, I'm not talking about a straightforward one piece of land for another, that have to be something that made it up for the uh, considerably uh, higher value of um, the Green Gates land to Meadow Court, then... But surely, um, it'd be, but surely we've voted on this and we've said we need an options appraisal. Yes. I've said in the past, whatever the conclusion of this consultation, if yeah. it comes out that it is, yes, a feasible land swap, that has then got to go onto the options appraisal. It's an option. Yeah, well, that's something that the working group will look at when you when we get back to meeting on the options appraisal. Helen, would you if you if a deal with Weavervale Housing just at the end of August? You wouldn't be able to be. It'd be a done deal. Speak because she wants to talk about the options appraisal. I assume. <clears throat> Helen, I um, I'm more than happy to include this new potential land swap. Um, as part of the options appraisal. I think Bernie is right. Um, I also think potentially we could avoid going out for two public consultations. We could have the one public consultation, which is about the options that are available um, to Fulton Town Council. The one thing I am concerned about is the timings, and I would like some more detail about what we've available housing trust need from us in order that we can add that to the options appraisal and then continue with that piece of work at pace because I, I agree with Andrew, um, I, I don't think we would like to lose the opportunity to work with a right, wider range of partners, but I do think it could be included as part of the options appraisal if we understand the kind of timescale and, and what qualifications we've available housing trust need from us. I, I think their timescale is they, they've got to bid for their money from the central government in October, so they need to have their plans firmed up. And in terms of their, their bid, again, I guess I, I I'm probably need a little bit more information in terms of could they bid anyway, regardless of, of which piece of land that they were looking potentially to, to, to build social housing on. I, I, that, that, I think I just need some, a bit more information about what they need um, in order to, to try and progress this positively within the options appraisal. Okay, Phil? Um, I'd, I'd just surely like to say simple, I agree. Phil, no, Phil, speaking first, please. Phil. Surely, surely the simple question is, do we want to engage in a negotiation, regardless of whether there's a land swap on the table or not? Do we want to engage with the Weaver Vale or not? If we, without putting any considerations about the land swap in, do we want to, do we want to talk to them or not? It's as simple as that, and that's what I think we should be voting on. We, we have already agreed that. We agreed we would enter negotiations. Well, what else but is there for us to say then? But the, well, the con what we're supposed to be talking about now is what we're consulting on because Weaver Vale wanted to know if there was community support for the, uh, the proposal. We could ask them for more time to measure the depth of de uh, the degree of use of um, community support, surely. 
I think, well, it's because of the, the round of bidding that they've got to do in October that they wanted an early resolution. Andrew, you've been waiting patiently for quite a long time. Thank you. Don't we have to break this, this down into its component parts? I, I think we need a comprehensive consultation that asks everybody in Frodsham, but I'll be very interested in the answers in Waterside Ward, about the different elements that they want to see. I think the consultation starts without reference to any pieces of land because that's a matter of ultimately it's design and value. It's not a matter that we can determine. But I think we're all broadly agreed we need better play facilities down there. We all seem to want community facilities. We might be disagreeing as to their size and scope, but we all appear to be saying that. I think it would be wonderful to ask our residents of Frodsham whether they support that idea. We know that part of the quid pro quo is going to be additional social housing, doesn't matter where, whether it's on the Greengate site or whether it's on the Meadow Court site, but we know if we've availed our being coming to the party, there's additional social housing. I know that some people have said publicly that they don't want additional social housing. Can I just say publicly, I do want additional social housing, and it's important that we give our, our young couples and people, what have you, the opportunity to stay in Frodsham if that's what they want to do. <clears throat> I think we break it down and ask the people whether they want all these things. And then ultimately, does it matter to us at the moment as to which site or location some of these things are built on? I fully accept there's going to be differences of view, right? But if, for example, we're going to have the best facilities we reasonably can afford because we brought all the partners together, does it matter to me whether it's on the Greengate site or the Meadow Court site, and I've actually got a little bit of housing in one location and a little bit of housing in another, perhaps, but I've got a, the mother of all play facilities as well. Do I mind? No, of course not. That's excellent consultation. That's what hopefully will emerge from the community and its discussion. But this is the sort of thing that all of us should be coming together to support because I can't see anybody around this table or in Frodsham who would oppose trying to bring the maximum investment to this part of Frodsham to make sure that we have a hub that is desperately missing. Now, as I say, I don't mind where it's located. I'm just desperate to make sure I've got as many partners around that table so it can be afforded. Because if we lose some of these partners, it then becomes not only a question of what do you want, it becomes a question of what can you afford? And that then will limit everybody's ambition. Surely we need to be able to come behind and say, we really want all these wonderful facilities. Let's try and get them spread out between these two sites where everybody is as happy as they reasonably can be. And I agree, we don't want to improve traffic if we can avoid it, but I do desperately want more social housing. I want the best play facilities and I want to make sure we've got a community hub as well. Should be put to the people of Frodsham. Um, we seem to be forgetting that this piece of land's got a covenant on it. No, that, that seems to be by the by here. You know, Andrew, you're saying you're not bothered about where houses are being built. Well, you don't live down here. We bother. I'm speaking for my residents and we bother about where the houses are going to be built and the play facilities for the children and the covenant that's on the land. I might need to go and get some bread as well. Do, do, just respond to that. It's important that whatever the housing is, it's sustainable. The Greengate site may have a covenant on it, but it is not in Greenbelt. My proposals ultimately will see wherever the play areas are given the most stringent protection possible. That stringent <laughs> protection 
does not come through a restrictive covenant. That stringent protection comes through charitable obligations, which I'm seeking, what I would seek to ensure happens on wherever the play facilities are. I want them to be a tremendous success. Right, so where does that leave us then, folks? Because we were supposed to be deciding what was going to go on this uh, consultation tonight, which was going to be just about the uh, potential for well, negotiating uh, a land swap deal with Weaver Vale Housing Trust. It's, that's what we'd agreed to do, um, but it seems that's not what you want to do now. Chair? Yeah? The only worry that I've got is that... Um, if we've got to put the Weaver Vale deal on an option to appraisal, will Weaver Vale wait that long? No, we because... don't have to go ahead with this consultation to meet their deadlines. Because unless they can see that there is community support, they're not even going to negotiate with us. I'm, I'm very pleased that Councillor Dawson has suddenly discovered Waterside. And I'm only too pleased that Everybody wants to do something down here right now. But yeah. I think we can't rush into anything. We've got to remember how many people do and don't. And we've got to take the... I know we're not going to please everybody, but we've got to start moving. I agree with our newest member of the council. Ryan said it's about time we started moving forward, and it is. Phil, you wanted to speak... Uh, uh, well, Mally's more or less said what I was trying to say. We we just need to move this forward and yeah. agree to open consultation with, without any limits. Forget the land swap. Don't even put it in there. Just yeah. say we're going to talk and then yeah. work through what we can do. Well, well, I just made a point. I've been trying to get community for... Sorry, Andrew. ...into Waterside Ward for a very long time, including, for example, redevelopment of saltworks of the facility. This is a first time we've actually had lots of people coming to the party, and it's a chance that it's going to happen. I've sought to bring assets under the control of this council all of the time I have been a councillor. Ryan. I think it's time that we, as a council, um, quickly get together with Greengate and put some proposals together and, and meet with Weaver Vale and, and see what, see, you know, if we, if we can move forward with this deadline and, and what, what some sort of outline ideas look like so that the two key stakeholders here are us and the Greengates project. Weaver Vale have said, unless they've got Greengates buy-in, then this is going nowhere. So we need to all collectively meet and work on something. The problem is the Greengates group don't represent the whole of the community. We've availed, Judith, have said that they, they will not move forward without the buy-in of Greengates. So, you know, it, it's key to we've availed uh, moving forward with this. We're going to miss the boat. And, we, we, you know, like I said, we've wasted three weeks. And we've got 11 days left. If we don't hurry up, we've missed, and we've missed all that money. Joe. Uh, just want to draw your attention there. Uh, Councillor Pennington wishes to speak. Oh, sorry. Uh, Frank? Frank, Frank. Yes. Speak. Can, can you answer, can you answer me this, Chairman? Why is it is sixteen times you've ignored Councillor Ryan? He still had his hand up. Just it's annoying me. But Frank, I don't know if there's a problem with what you can hear in your in the room in Castle Park, but uh, Ryan has been speaking. We. 
could hear him speaking. Ryan, would you just speak again so we can see if Councillor Pennington can hear you? Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I haven't really got a lot left to say, but... <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Uh, All right. Okay. Bernie. Um, um, yep. Could I just ask what the cost implications are of a um, consultation to Frodham Town Council? Um, Joe did some uh, costings. Joe? I did some costumes with a view to looking at uh, Royal Mail, putting out um, like a postcard type thing, which we would do through Royal Mail. On the flip side, it would have a return address, a uh, postal return address for Frodham Town Council. There was a £250 fee for 9000 to be delivered, plus £100 as a, a business admin charge. Then there was a charge of returns, which were worked out at 68p, second class stamp for each one that was returned. However, their major issue was they needed a six to eight week lead in time to be able to put this out. And even then they couldn't guarantee the eight weeks, it could be pushed back beyond that. I tried a few independent organizations as well. Their costs were all much higher, but again, you're looking at between four and eight weeks lead in time. So what was the total amount? Well, I can't say it would depend how many were returned. So if you work at 68p, how many would you expect to get returned? Each one will cost that. Right, I was just thinking, if we were prepared to set aside £10,000 to investigate this uh, proposal, now we're going to invest money in a, a consultation, wouldn't that money be best spent on Green Gates and we've already got a plan there? We seem to be spending money after that. The problem with that, Bernie, is that we can't spend the money on Green Gates without doing a town-wide consultation. Um, now, well, that I I didn't envisage this consultation being a return postage idea. It would be like we do with the over 70s vouchers, drop off boxes around the town in the pubs and shops. What's the point on that, Judith? With the current issue with COVID, etc., I wasn't entirely convinced that was a good idea to encourage people to go and handle bits of paper and then somebody has to collect the bits of paper and then they need to come back to the office and somebody needs to count the bits of paper as well and handle it all. Um, Lucy. Essentially, from the idea proposed that Joe has researched, it's not feasible to be done within 11 days. No. So, what, what, what are we doing? Thank you. Can we not, there are 16, well, hopefully 16 of us, 14 of us, whatever our numbers are, why can't we deliver them? To our own wards. I'm more than used to walking the entire streets of Frodham delivering material from time to time. I'm sure I'll happily do it again. Um, we can get the material out. We can encourage people to return it either to drop off boxes or to post it in or to fill in a website to actually respond that way. Surely we can do it. That's and all we'll end up with then is the printing costs and the distribution costs is our own shoe leather. I think we've got to do this in a cost effective way. I don't support spending money on to the post office and I'd, I'd like to encourage it to be efficient and effective. Right. Bill, you want I, to... I would like to ask how would that happen on my ward? Sorry, so, can we let Bill speak first? Bill, um, okay. I'm just listening to all of this, and I, in in summary, I would say that it's been a, a let's say a very wide ranging a ranging 
series of discussions and I've listened quietly through it all. I, I think what uh, Councillor Dawson is saying is that we've got to grab the money. We've got to get into negotiations and we've got to look at positions of houses. And if we go into negotiations, I think we can decide if we're going to have houses with them and also where those positions are with consultation. So I don't think we can rush into this. I think we've got to be relatively flexible, but we've got to be able to get the money if we wish to improve production and improve the situation in Waterside. I'll, I'll be quiet now, but I, I think we've got to be flexible. And I, I noticed that people are very fixed on, on their own views. And I, I understand that because they've held them for a very long time. But we've got to be flexible and, and we can't miss the deadline of, of talking to Weaver Vale and seeing what is possible. But we shouldn't lose whatever money is available. Uh, Thank you. Uh, can we go to the councillors in Castle Park House? Uh, can uh, I speak yeah. now? Mark and Pat, they've had their hands up a while. Yeah. Mark and right. Pat. Yeah. Thank you. I'm just saying, like, Bill, I've been trying to listen about this, but originally I'm under the understanding that all the residents from Waterside was interested in returning it to how it was originally, a park for all the children to enjoy. Now, that was before Meadow uh, Court was decided to close it down. Is that correct? Because all of a sudden now it's like a different ball game. And I thought that originally that the residents from Waterside wanted just to keep it how it was, an original park for children to enjoy, not a hub or anything else to plan to swap all this. It's getting very, very complicated. But also I want to make a point about the fact of the consultation, because when we went through the consultation for, to keep our little park, the wording was completely not acceptable. I'd like to know who's going to verify what questions are put on that because when they put that consultation out for the little park, it's do you want your taxes to go up or do you want to keep a little park? It was worded so unfairly and I think that is so important that you listen and you agree to what goes out as regards on that questionnaire because the, some councillors can turn it round to how they want it to go. And that's why I feel very strongly for, and I really appreciate where you're coming from, um, because you need to make sure that those questions are, are worded properly, not to one side where other councillors want it to go. Okay, Mark, did you want to speak as well? No, I was just to get the attention for Pat, because yeah. Pat had her up for a long time. Okay, Lucy? Uh, yeah, just the suggestion that councillors can deliver leaflets to their own ward. If we take Waterside, where one councillor down, Councillor Pennington wasn't able to deliver any of the Christmas vouchers. So myself, Deb and Bernie did those. Bernie has just had a knee operation. I am currently on holiday, joining my second council meeting during my holiday. And when I come back there won't be any time to be delivering leaflets. So that leaves no available person to deliver any leaflets to the Waterside Ward, which is the ward where this whole thing is being proposed for. Great. Okay. Uh, Joe, you wanted to add something? 
Sorry, no, I didn't. I was just trying to draw your attention to Mark and Pat in the uh, Castle Park House. Okay. Thank you. Anybody else? Bernie? Could I just, um, just put Pat in the picture? Um, we did agree, we did start off as a Greengate community to try and reinstate the park as, as a, a, a children's park. But then uh, it developed and, and we had lots of talks with lots of residents. And, and it developed into what we thought would be a five-year project. And it started that we would start small with just a few play equipment things for the children. And then maybe, maybe we would have some small community hub in the corner of the Green Gates Park. And if you want to have a look at the forecasts and all the uh, plans and everything, they are there, Pat, if you, want to, if you want to have a look at them. So could you just not go ahead with that, that, that what you first wanted to go ahead with? Well, I'm, I will, yeah. We, we need, Pat, like we did for Townfield Lane, we need a town-wide consultation and we need to be able to tell people how much it's going to cost because it's Townfield got their part, didn't they? We got us, and I think everybody should have the same entitlement in each different area. So well, I do think it should be... Yeah, we, well, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, there is already a play area, albeit it's a Cheshire West one and not an FGC one, just down the road. But it's still, because we're spending community funds, we have to do a town-wide consultation. Uh, if it's going, you know... Uh, well, we yeah, have as long as it's worded correctly, then, yeah. So, well, we're, we're still no nearer to deciding what this consultation is going to say. Um, or, I mean, what we've got to do a consultation at some stage. Um, I don't know whether Weaver Vale Housing Trust are going to wait, you know, give us a longer to do the consultation. Uh, there are other options for deliver if we can agree a consultation uh, maybe we can uh, employ somebody to deliver them uh, for those where we can't get them delivered by young fit councillors because we've got quite a few of us are not able to do you know that amount of delivering either because we're too old and knackered or we've got jobs to do um, Caroline and then Andrew I'm more than happy to trudge the streets. I've done it numerous times and um, <laughs> I'm quite happy to go and assist down in Waterside. I'm sure between us we can do it. I mean, it's um, you just have to dedicate the time to doing it. Um, so I, I don't think um, the actual delivery of um, postcards is a problem. I think the timing of everything is critical. Um, the one thing that I am a little bit disturbed by is the fact that we haven't even seen Weaver Vale um, Trust, Housing Trust. Um, I don't know who's uh, made you know, the decisions about what, when the deadlines are. Um, there's a lot of passion um, about this project. And I think I would like to get across to Weaver Vale Housing Trust how much passion there is and it, it isn't through the want of trying but I can understand where they're coming from at the end of the day they've got a business to run they, they, they've been to us once with a proposal um, 
and they cannot afford for this thing to not move. If, they, if, if, if there's nothing going to happen because we cannot make a decision, yeah. they are going to do whatever they want to do because they've got money to make. Um, oh. So I, I think we've got, we've got to show willing. We've got to show, demonstrate to them that, that we are going to uh, do as much as we can to get our community engaged with them and get something fabulous for this town of Frodsham. And at the end of the day, that's what I want it for, is for the residents of Frodsham. And that we've got to stop all this bickering. We've got to just get out there with the consultation and let the community decide what they want. Yeah. Thank you. I, I don't think we're going to be able to settle the terms of the consultation tonight as a group of councillors. But what I am going to suggest is that a group of three or four are brought together to do so. I'm willing to serve on it. I suggest somebody, at least from Green Gates, with the block, whether Bernie or Lucy, one of them comes to. I suggest that Judith, uh, you get involved as well, maybe one other, and that the four, or however it's required, try and put something together which we can all get behind, then circulate it to all our colleagues to see if they can get behind it, to have them approve it by email. And only, I think, if we do have a process like that, are we likely to be able to get something which we can get out to people of Frodsham quickly? So I'll put it forward as a, as a suggestion, but I think we need to get the different sides of this debate working together, and it might be a way to do it in drafting that consultation. Right. Is everybody happy with that proposal? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so working group, as long as everybody is in, I think there's somebody from each, um, well, to say every area should be involved yeah. and make sure because remember, and I'm sorry for going on about this because it, I'm quite, quite feel strongly about when we went for hours. We did have a group, if you remember, Councillor Dawson, and what was agreed was wasn't printed out. The one the consultation that went out was not agreed that were at that those meetings that were that were held, and that's what concerns me. That to happen to anybody else, Joe. I, I would just uh, really appreciate it if you could agree tonight who will make up that group. Yeah, so oh, yeah. we've got one at least. We have something resolved this evening. I'm using nearly a whole of mobile data to join you from my holiday to do this today, so I, I don't really know how many more meetings I can do using just my mobile data. It's costing a fortune. Right, Bernie. Uh, uh, oh. uh, just, um, just a thought was, um, I, I, I would like to be involved in it, obviously, because of Green Gates, but because of um, I'm the councillor for Waterside. But I think it might be nice if we asked the chairperson of the of Green Gates community to get involved in this, in the wording of the consultation. Oh, well, I prefer it just to be discussed and agreed with councillors first. Uh, you, we've already got, you and Lucy represent Greengate, so I don't see the need to bring any more people in from no. Greengate. No, Judith, we don't just represent Greengate. I'm a councillor for Waterside Ward. I might have a lot of interest in Greengate Park, but I am a councillor and I have lived in Waterside Ward for 50 so, years. Yeah, so, but you're representing the ward as well as the group. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm I saying am. Surely, Weaver Vale Housing Trust said they wanted to engage with Green Gate Community Project and 
our chairperson surely would be the ideal person to get involved in that. Ryan. I do think, Judith, it shows great willing if we if we did invite the chair, um, it would put us in good stead with we with we prevail to show that we have been working with with Green Gates as well. Okay, Donna. You need to unmute yourself. There we go. Um, I, I think Bernie, both Bernie and, and Lucy do represent not only the Waterside Ward as town councillors, but also as Green Gates. And I, I'm not really, I don't think at this stage, um, the chair of Green Gates group is necessary. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I Judith, think, Judith, yeah. I, worry about, I worry about one thing and Lucy might be able to help me out here. But she's had numerous conversations with Weaver Vale, and Weaver Vale has stressed if there isn't participation from Green Gates, they won't talk, even talk to us. Is that right, Lucy? Well, they, they sent an email to the full council, and it, they, they said they did want to see Willingworth Green Gates, and that email was sent via Joe to the whole council. That's my worry. Um, can I just check, Lucy, when are you back off your holidays? Uh, I will be back on Sunday. Sunday. So if we have the meeting next week, you'll be back home. And you can do it with yes. wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if we have Lucy and Bernie, then Greengates is well represented and Waterside Ward is well represented. Um, I would be quite willing to stand down if, if the chairperson of Green Gates was, was to be involved. Well, I, I just think that because it's an FTC consultation, it should be councillors that decide it. Helen. Judith, Helen's there, sorry. Yeah, okay. I, I'd just like to agree with Ryan. I think, you know, Green Gates has, has been running for about two years now. I think I'd like to see some independence within Frodham Town Council, that we do include somebody from Green Gates and, and not just Lucy um, and or Bernie. I, I think just in, in terms of duplicate Weaver Vale as well and to engage that part of the community, I think it would be a really positive and definitely show transparency. Caroline. Absolutely. Um, if we're going to send a consultation out and you want Weaver Vale, uh, we want Green Gates involved, we cannot call it a council consultation. And in which case they have to pull their weight and they have to contribute to the cost because it would not be a town council consultation. What money do you think we've got, Caroline, as a community group in Waterside? I don't know, Lucy, but, you know, we've got to be very careful here. It's, I, mean, I mean, I don't even know who your chair is. So, you know, uh, who is the chair? Well, it's... it's say, it's I am the beginning of the meeting. Who is it? Does it matter? No, no, not really. But it, it, if this is... It depends. It's going out as a council consultation. Therefore, a non-councillor cannot sit on the group. 
Judith, Judith, could we not do it as uh, FTC in partnership with Greengates then? Yeah. I don't know. Andrew? Can I just make an obvious point? If a consultation is going to be a success, we've got to make sure that it's worded appropriate that people are going to join in the debate. I have no objection to anybody being part of helping draft that consultation because the key thing is it's got to properly and faithfully describe what we all want to see done and, and inviting the community responses to it. It doesn't trouble me who's there. The key thing is it has to be signed off by FTC. So in terms of the steering group, providing the steering group isn't too unwieldy, um, I don't mind who's on that steering group, but the key thing is it's for FTC collectively to sign off, and that's just down to the number of councillors we have who are available at that particular time. So I, I don't mind. I'm happy to have the Green Gates people fully represented and joining in. All I ask is that they engage faithfully and reasonably and listen to other views as well and make sure that the consultation is fair and properly describes everything. And then we, if it is fair and describes everything, FTC as a council will have no difficulty in approving it. Right, so... Um, and I'll just say, Judith, I'm, I will be away from the 2nd of September, so I've only got a very small window to, to contribute anything. Right. Um, well, okay. Um, I'm not in favour of calling it a steering group. It's a working group. Um, so you want Andrew and Lucy, Lucy and Bernie, or Lucy or Bernie, depending on when we meet, and a the chair of the Green Gates group. I don't think it would need three Green Gates members. That would be very heavily weighted, though, to be fair. Right, so we're saying one... I'm one quite more, prepared to stand down. So one Waterside councillor and one Green Gates member, chair, or whoever. Okay, and... Chair? Myself, yeah. Chair, I think it'd be a very good idea if um, councillor... Hazel agree to come on to and she's done the option of appraisal. Agree. And how many part of the group? That's absolutely fine. Right, okay. So we've got myself, Andrew, Helen, and Lucy or Bernie, and then at the chair of the Green Gates group. Um, Can I propose that? Yep. Thank you. I'll second it, Chair. Good. Yeah. And we're all in favour of that. Yeah. Okay. Andrew, are you, uh, Joe, will you be involved in that working group or not? No. Okay. So, Andrew, are you happy to do the honours and uh, host the Zoom meeting? Oh, absolutely no problem at all. As long as people email me with their details, I will happily send them the email invitation to a Zoom meeting. Okay. Do you want to propose a date now for this working group meeting, Andrew? Um, what's a good time for you, Lucy? Evenings are better for me. They, they're likewise. Um, um, you're just back on holiday on Sunday. Is Monday too close or would you rather yeah. Tuesday? Monday we've got PPR. Uh, well, I mean... A PPR on Monday, if it could roll on after PPR, that would work, but... I can't do two, two meetings in one night. 
Well, <coughs> should, we go, should we go? Should we try Tuesday evening then? I'll do Tuesday. I've got Kingsley Parish Council. Wednesday. Thanks. Lucy, will Wednesday work for you? Uh, yeah, well, it could be okay. Yeah, uh, but me and Bernie will decide between us which one we're going to send. Okay. Right, well, I'll, I'll do Wednesday evening. Is yeah. council chair? Yeah. Is Mrs. McNamara still in the meeting? Can we just get her approval for what day is best for her? Uh, let me see. I don't think she's here, is she? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wednesday evening okay for you, Diane? Wednesday evening's good for me, yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'll do something like seven o'clock, so hopefully we can all eat beforehand and then get stuck into the meeting. Okay. Good. Yeah, that sounds like it'd work. Okay, so we're done on that. Um, we, so then we move on to agenda item 211, the outdoor fitness classes on FTC owned land to consider a policy and process for bookings. I'm just wondering whether I should uh, actually bring this back to another meeting when I've had a look at a form, bearing in mind what time we've got to tonight and we've still got the charities to consider. What I just wanted to draw to your attention is that I've had requests from numerous different groups now wanting to use different patches of land. So at the moment we have a Zumba class on town field. That's weather dependent, so it's not a guaranteed time or day of the class. I also have another group who are... I'm sure fitness people will know more than I do, a frame and hoop group who are also requesting to use Townfield Lane at the same times as the Zumba group is there. And again, it's all weather dependent, so there's no guarantee of when they would want it. I've had a, a application, well, an email from a group, a Tai Chi group, who wish to use the recreation field for events. I understand there's already some coaching going on there at the moment, but um, that's not come through me, so I, I don't actually know anything about it. I'm just told there is a group there, some sort of football coaching group. Um, and then the final one is there is an informal group being meeting at uh, Chromia who are uh, doing yoga, and they've asked for formal permission. As far as I understand, each of these groups has got public liability insurance, um, and will do a risk assessment if a request wants to be done. So my issue now is so many different groups, and I know there are other groups, because I've been also approached to use Castle, for other groups to use Castle Park, which I've referred on to Treasure West in terms of forms that they have for booking their facilities. So um, the requests are coming thick and fast. So I'm just wondering whether I should just take a step back here, continue with the Zoom, Zumba group, which has already got permission to operate at Townfield Lane. Those groups that aren't conflicting, so for example, the yoga at, at Cromere, I wouldn't really see an issue there, but I'm looking for your guidance on that. And then as I have the opportunity to look at the higher forms that Cheshire West have for these outdoor fitness groups that are asking to use Cheshire Westland. Right, yeah. Um, how Chair? Yeah, just hold, yeah. On, just hold on a minute. Oh, uh, we've got on the agenda for the PPR on Monday night, the review of policies. We could perhaps cover it under that. 
Oh, you still there, Joe? Yeah, I am still here. Still here. Um, I will I'll try and see what I can get over that, but obviously that's going to be a very busy day because it's yet another evening meeting. So uh, as in terms of getting that information to you before the meeting, that might be a bit tight. So I may be coming to you with it at the meeting. Yeah, I think it, it's best just to deal with that under the PPR agenda. Okay, thank you. We're responsible for all the policies there, so we could deal with it there. Uh, Mally, you wanted to say something? Yeah, it was just that the the we're in an uncharted territory, aren't we? And we're in a, a time where um, lots of people can't meet indoors and um, people are trying to regain their livelihood. I think where it is possible, we should help anybody um, to restart their business or start a new business. I know from a family person that lost their job through COVID-19 and started his own business. So... I think, whereas we as a council, we must look to help as many groups as we can. But it just goes to show that Lakes Ward must be the fittest ward going because they all want to go on Townfield Lane. We've got an ideal field that's standing with empty, that's got two side gates that are open. Why don't they go there and do their fitness classes? Joe. Uh, yes, I was just going to ask, please could you forward that email to me, Caroline, so that I can respond on behalf of Frodsham Town Council and address their concerns. Thank you. Uh, we, one of the things we're reviewing at PPR next week are the charges, and uh, I'm assuming we'll be looking at that along, because we, we charge, certainly charge for using the centre meal. What an ideal income to come from Greengate, while it's just stood there with no equipment on it. Ali, you want to... No, I'm fine. Okay, Caroline. Um, yeah, one, one of the problems with, you do need flat areas for a lot of these um, exercises. Um, and again, when you get large numbers, because the numbers have increased now from six to up to 30 people attending. Um, and um, you do need a flat area to, to carry out any activities. Um, I mean, I, I endorse any outdoor activity because there's nothing better than being outside on a lovely sunny evening um, and doing fitness. And Townfield Lane is ideal because of the it's it's flat. It's easy to park. You're not blocking anybody. You're more mindful of, of you know, what you're at the end of um, Langdale Way. So um, it is difficult and there are lots of things going on. Could I ask i don't know what the situation is with cheshire west for castle park and do they charge andrew uh, there's a governance issue at castle park because the castle park house is within the absolute management of the trust the two two-thirds of the parkland should be within the management of the trust but cheshire west hasn't yet got around to understanding that it is and Cheshire West habitually has never charged people for using Castle Park to put on uh, impromptu events. But that issue has just now been raised and belatedly Cheshire West are beginning to get to grips with it. There's also a separate issue that really the trust ought to approve these individual uh, events as well to make sure that they remain compatible with what goes on in the park. So for Cheshire West and Castle Park Trust, that is a work in progress. 
Okay, um, and of course there's all, also salt works, which has its own car park and it's pretty flat if you want to run exercise classes and I think that's managed by Brio. Bernie? Yeah, I was just going to say, Caroline, there is a flat area on Green Gates because that's where the children used to play football for many years. Yeah. Okay, well, this will be dealt with next Monday night by EPR. Um, shall we move on then to 212 charities? Um, I think we've probably done this to death anyway. We've decided that we're going to uh, review the charities. Well, there's a bit more to say, Judith. Um, oh. the, I'll keep it as brief as I can. The, the charity scheme that covers the Recreations Ground charity was made in 1914, in May 1914. What's interesting, the four pieces of land described in that scheme were all post-industrial pieces of land that were set aside for the then Lordship Parish of Frodsham. Frodsham used to be in two bits, Frodsham and Frodsham Lordship, the Lordship being the southern part of what we now consider to be Frodsham, with the boundary being Townfield Lane. St Lawrence's Church lay outside uh, Frodsham, it was in the Frodsham Lordship, the boundary being the graveyard, and it stretched into majority of Castle Park, and Iron Dish, for example, uh, was in Frodsham Lordship, hence Lordship Lane on the marshes, leading to Lordship from Frodsham. Anyway, by the by, um, the pieces of land were included places like Marl Pits, uh, which uh, were obviously used to extract marl and were deliberately reserved in the Enclosure Act Award of 1797 for the common people. And these pieces of land were without charity trustees. And so in 1914, the Charity Commission appointed the Frodsham Lordship Parish, now Frodsham Town Council, uh, to be their trustees. The problem we have is that the descriptions of the land are not clear. Um, we have reference to old roads that no longer exist, including Lower Marling Road, Higher Marling Road, Forest Road, Crummers Lake Road, uh, to name but others. Uh, we see echoes of them in the landscape, but it's worth, I think, us doing a little bit of research to actually being clear as to which pieces of land are involved. In 1917, an additional piece of land was added to uh, the Recreations Ground Charity, and the description of that site is made with reference to the Enclosure Award Plan of 1797. Now, fortunately, the Cheshire County Records Office does have a copy of the Enclosure Act Awards and the plan, and I have asked the Records Office at my personal expense to produce a copy of the plan and the Enclosure Awards, which I'll make sure goes public because I think it'll be a fascinating document. I think what's wonderful is that these pieces of land were industrial land in the late 1700s and now have become largely our recreation grounds. Now we know that in the 1980s, the Charity Commission were unhappy that pieces of land were just being held for environmental purposes, but not for sporting purposes. And what I would like to see are, are the terms and conditions under which the Recreations Ground Charity is run modernised, I'd like to see them modernised and fused with the charity provisions for Hob Hay Wood. And I think it makes sense to have one set of provisions for FTC to look after its charitable obligations in a modern, effective way with clear lines of governance. And it may be, as part of the consultation we discussed earlier on tonight, we actually say 
would the people of Frodsham like any new community facility that we are discussing and any new play area protected by these charitable obligations which have lasted far longer than any restrictive covenant we're talking about stuff that has lasted over 200 years would we like them to apply to make sure that we are going to preserve whatever it is we are looking to create for generation after generation and I, this would be far more effective than any covenant and it will be a way of demonstrating to the people of Frodsham that we are deadly serious about creating something and keeping it preserved for as long as we can reasonably contemplate thereafter. But I do suggest we have a separate meeting that considers these issues for each of the charities. We need to do it anyway. We need to co convene meetings for these charities. We haven't done it. We discussed that earlier on tonight. And I suggest we have at least one meeting pretty soon under the auspices of these charities to discuss these points going forward. Yeah, I think what we need to do with the, the charities trust thing, that's something for the PPR committee to, to look at. And, um, you know, that that's something that will go on the agenda for that. As regards protecting anything that we end up with, um, we've already made a decision as a council to protect all of our land assets, apart from Greengate Park that was left out of it, through the Fields in Trust. And Mark is um, doing pretty well with that. Uh, perhaps we could ask Mark how we're doing with the... Um, Fields and Trust work, Mark? Just uh, the red lion that I gave you the other day and um, really just uh, Crowmere Lake. But Crowmere Lake is charity, so it's waiting on the charities. So as Crowmere Lake is already a charity, there's, no, there's nothing additional to do for it? No, no, no it's a charity, Andrew. Yes, I agree. I, I, at the beginning, I just wanted to see if I could protect that as well, but it is a charity, you're right. So have we done already done the Mole Pits and Manly Road Cops? No, they, they were not on the list to do. The main ones, but main ones that we agreed to do have all been done. Oh, I thought we'd agreed everything apart from the Ship Street no, Plane. No, no, no. Okay. Can I just ask a question? Yeah. Um, so we were saying that the charitable trust land that has greater protection than a covenant, but wasn't there like a little idea from someone that you could sell off some of the charitable trust land to fund a hub or meadow courts? So I'm just a bit confused. Yeah, I think Andrew suggested Manly Road Cops, but... This, this, this is part of our charitable obligations. As a charitable trustee, we have an obligation to make sure that the charitable objects are being fulfilled and that the assets that we hold are achieving it. And the Charity Commission specifically considered Manly Road Cops in the 1980s and took the view that it didn't fulfill the criteria. That's not me saying it, that's the Charity Commission saying it. We cannot sell charity assets without the Charity Commission's consent. And to sell a charity asset and to secure that consent, you'd have to demonstrate where the money was going. And if we were selling a charity, a charitable piece of land, the insistence would be that the monies were invested and protected in the same way. So what you would be doing would be swapping one of these pieces of land that no longer fulfills the charitable purposes for one that did, and it would then be protected. FTC would not be free to sell it. It would be, we would require, if we then owned it, we would require charity commission approval oh. to do so. And that's why it's much more powerful than any of the other protections you've heard of. But one of the, the documents that Joe circulated to us after the last uh, discussion, um, it said that Manly Road Cops and the Marl Pips had been transferred out of the trust 
to Frodham Town Council. We need to establish if that is correct. The, 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 what the document said was that basically there was only chromate that was left in that recreation grounds trust. But we need to search out all of the legal documents on that. I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. Mark. Oh, sorry, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, you've already swapped charity land and lost out on it. Yeah. It has been done, and, and the council lost out on the land that they swapped. They swapped a far larger piece of land for a smaller piece in return. And that piece of land that they swapped, that had protection on it, i.e. a covenant, signed, it's been applied to be built on. Yeah. So I'll be very, very careful what you, when, you know, with, with charity land, you can lose out. And don't forget, of course, the Town Council also lost control with some of the land at the top of Overton Hill or Frontham Hill uh, with regard to the memorial uh, field as well. Uh, and what it proves is whoever's got the land, we've got to look after it and make sure that it's not lost inadvertently. I, I agree 100% because that, that Overton, uh, the memorial field, but if you look at it, what it was in 1923, it's only half the size of it now. Right. Okay, then. Well, I think, as I say, that PPR will uh, take on the uh, sorting out of the trust and the charities. Um, okay, so I think we're done now. Can we close the meeting? Joe, is there anything else you want to add? No, not for me. What about the um, Ashton Drive lease for the allotments? All oh, right. I was going to bring this up on Monday. I can bring it up now. I've spoken with um, Carol Higgins. Well, no, I haven't. I've emailed Carol, Carol Higgins again, who I was in touch with in uh, February. She's currently on holiday until the 24th of uh, August, so I'll follow it up then. She's, a, uh, so I believe, the solicitor at uh, Cheshire Western who would be the one to advise. Yeah, mm. I think it's, I mean, although we want it resolved, I think we are only paying a pound a year rent or something like that it's on a peppercorn um lease yes yeah okay well thanks everybody we close the meeting now